Hello, sparklers, and hello, destroyers. This is Haley Crusher Kane with episode nine, behind the music featuring an unreleased Haley and the Crushers track, Before the Blitz, and a rare discussion with Dr. Kane about our collaboration process, if you could call it that. We need your strength and your gumption and moxie more than ever right now. As I woke up this morning, I looked out the window and I was reminded of all the ways we need to come together and just support each other. The sky here in San Luis Obispo, California is this very ominous shade of yellowy, dark grayish blah. And obviously, you know, unless you're living under a rock, you you know why that is. And thousands and thousands of people have been evacuated in Ventura County and Santa Barbara and now in Um, farther down south in San Diego and parts of the valley. It has just been a very ominous and sort of apocalyptic morning here. The sun is glowing this very um, fierce, angry orange color. And it's not unlike the scenery um, that we saw when Haley and the Crushers toured Oregon and Washington back in September. But now it's just so much more close to home. Um, along with those thousands of people that have evacuated and lost homes. Two friends of mine and of the band have lost their home, their beautiful, beautiful home, and everything they own, essentially. And it's just been an absolutely devastating and horrendous week for them. And um, it's a week where we've had to dig deep and just try to give strength and compassion to our friends and try not to let the sadness overwhelm us and um, just make sure that we are doing what we can out here. So um, in the in the podcast notes, I will link to a GoFundMe where you can help support our friends and everyone affected by the wildfire. GoFundMe has uh, verified hundreds, probably more than hundreds of GoFundMes um, that are benefiting victims of the fire. Uh, so I will link that in the show notes. And I know that physical goods will be needed um, in the future and I mean, clothes, toothbrushes, like daily stuff is needed now. Um, And the Red Cross is doing some really awesome efforts in Ventura to take care of those people. So again, I will link to the show notes. So like I said, this week, we just all rallied and tried to raise money and bring comfort to our friends. And I just kept thinking, like, how do we go on laughing and making art and doing all the things that seem so frivolous right now? And this has just been such an interesting echoing theme of 2017 with the political climate and the natural disasters and the disaster that is our presidency and the Me Too movement. It's just hard to even consider doing art for the fun of it or the joy of it or just, you know, expressing yourself in a really joyful way. It almost feels shameful. Like, how can you, uh, in the face of all this darkness, go out there and just like play rock and roll? But I, I firmly do believe one of my core values is that The world needs every kind of art and every kind of voice. And a lot of the problems that we have in the world are when people silence themselves and don't just allow themselves to just be who they are and express it. And I believe in doing art for the fun of it. And I think we need that. It's rejuvenating. We can't just fight and build and sacrifice and cry and all this forever. We have to like take moments to enjoy each other and dance and have fun. And obviously... I I love political art. Um, I love um, political movements that utilize art to open people's eyes. Like that's so important, but it's just not my 
uh, way of expressing myself. So I'm going to continue talking about music. I'm going to continue talking about my music and um, the art of songwriting. And um, just like the last episode, which is another behind the music episode, I my my goal for this, besides just taking a moment to reflect on all the themes and ideas that came together to create this new album we're working on, I want to inspire people that maybe are afraid to take that step towards creating that art, whatever it is, music or painting or dance or whatever the hell it is. I want to show that it's just such an imperfect process and that it's so kind of magical and interesting how art comes together and if we stick with it, we can create something that we're really proud of. But it doesn't start out that way. <laughs> Often it starts out with a lot of chaos and a lot of doubt and a lot of like, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't sound right. I This is not, I'm frustrated. I want to express this feeling, but I'm not doing it. And I think that's most of our experience. But the problem is a lot of us just stop when we feel that negativity and we don't push forward. And I think especially in this this year and last year, which has been so tumultuous emotionally for so many people and such a watershed moment for so many issues and festering problems in this country it almost feels like that's another weight on our shoulders and I just want to be like one little voice of change that's like hey whatever you're dreaming of doing whatever it is that excites you and like lights you up you have permission to do that you still do um and I work every day to like make sure that I'm doing that for myself because if we are not giving time and attention to our dreams and what we want and our art, then we can't give attention to anyone else. We can't really love anybody else before we love ourselves. So that's just a roundabout way of um, introducing this new episode where I'm going to talk with Dr. Kane about a collaboration on this song that we did together which is very rare. <laughs> We've been writing songs together for a long time now, but I say with very loosely. The way that each of us write is very different. And in that sense, we have this, uh, one, we have a great collaboration, but it's like, I'll do one part, he does another part. We're not really working together. But I think with this song, especially, we reached a point where we were literally sitting on the couch working on it together showing each other our own problems with it and not being a not being defensive about sitting there and saying okay this isn't working can you help me with this so normally we're both sort of like i do my thing you do your thing we love what we you know we love what we each of us do, does but we're um guarded more about our own process so it's been kind of interesting on this new album Cool Lame is the name of the new album, by the way, to get closer and work more collaboratively. So um, without further ado, let's go into Before the Blitz off of Cool Lame, the unreleased album by Haley and the Crushers. It's coming out pray, praying, praying, praying by spring. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's listen and gab about it. Okay, 
Okay, so that's how the song sounds now after recording with Bart Thurber in Oakland at House of Faith Studios. But that is not how it sounded when I first started writing it. Um, When I look back at writing this song and the time period I wrote it in, it was actually right after I got back from Berlin visiting my sister who had just moved there. And um, the original title of the song was Mutually Assured destructive hearts or something similar to that which and ended up becoming a line in the song but not the title um i grew up in the 90s i was born in 1987 so i didn't really go through the cold war era the berlin wall actually fell in 1989 um, and i got to walk along some of it um, when i was in berlin which was really fascinating but i don't really write political songs but it's interesting how somehow uh all these experiences kind of sift into your brain. And I think what may have inspired this idea of a nuclear war and love together, um, like a bad relationship and a nuclear war, is uh, North Korea and the North Co- the ongoing drama with North Korea, which I have grown up with, this, this fear and this, um, this tension that's always there, much like the threat of terrorism, Uh, which has been ongoing throughout my life. I was probably 13 or 14 when 9-11 happened. So I've internalized a lot of like stuff that just seems normal to me. And I think with recent events with North Korea and Trump prodding and poking um, the little bear or whatever he calls him, the little rocket man, oh Jesus, um, I think that kind of like sifted into the song somehow and like became part of the thought process here. Um, but what really inspired me and what I was trying to talk about was a abusive or unhealthy relationship and how it can sometimes feel like a, a stalemate, a nuclear stalemate where if any one person like does something, the other person is going to do something back and it becomes this retaliatory thing. And, um, I think we've all been in relationships like that. But anyways, I'm going to share a little bit of the first inklings of this song coming into my mind and sitting down and writing it. Jealous in a world that's torn apart Mutually assured destructive hearts Freezing in the fallout of a love Mistrust has no half-life Radiation roses, acid rain Here in the bunker, counting cans again Here, you, you and I and no one else forever Flipping, skipping records Okay, so as you can tell, I hadn't really figured out the way the melody was going to go, but the theme was definitely there. And if you hear a meowing in the background, that's actually my friend Mae Black's cat. She's from the band Mutt, and she was actually away on tour, and I was house-sitting her apartment and cat-sitting uh, her apartment while I was... Um, at uh, going to Burger Boogaloo um, to check out Iggy Pop over the summer. So I was in her apartment. I was actually playing her guitar here, which is kind of funny. I don't remember writing this song in her apartment, but I guess I did because I was like, I don't have a cat. And then it made me realize, oh yeah, I was in Oakland. 
uh, sitting in her apartment. I think it was Sunday and um, it might be like 10 a.m. right before uh, Burger Boogaloo um, opened at 11 because uh, I remember I was excited to go see Patsy's Rats and I was like one of the only people there bright and early to see them dancing my ass off. So um, yeah, so I think you can understand the lyrics at this point. Uh, the whole picture is starting to form here and it's just gonna get more and more absurd. love how that chorus turned out doubling up the vocals was so rad and I love how I kind of sound like Belinda Carlisle in the Go-Go's I just feel like for some reason my voice is doing something there that's just like very Belinda and I love her I even have a chicken named after her um, thanks to my friend Neil Breton a listener of this podcast who um, helped me name that chicken um anywho uh I it took me a long time to actually get the key right on this song. It, I I could not figure it out. I was having the hardest time, and this is kind of where the collaboration with Reed came in. I was like, Reed, I am really struggling with this. Um, it just sounds pitchy and weird, and like I I don't know. I needed help with some of the the verses, and so we sat down and worked on it together. So this is kind of the struggle that I went through to get to this really rad chorus. It did not come easy. It probably took a couple weeks to actually get it down the way that I wanted to sing it. And I remember in practice with Gabriel, our drummer, I would like, we'd play it and I would sing it wrong, like maybe 98% of the time, just singing like the singing it the wrong key and I could not get the key right. So it took me a while and now we we pretty much have it down, but it was not an easy journey, not at all. Oh, and before we go any further, the last podcast I talk about why I have all these recordings of me like starting out um, learning songs, it's because in order to remember them, I sing them into my iPhone and I realized I have pretty much from start to finish every draft of the, each song on the new album which I did not do on purpose. I basically recorded them just to remind myself the melody or different changes. So that is why I have so many recordings. Okay. I go to bed at 10 o'clock on the weekdays. All right, you've been recorded saying that. Yep, it's a true story. Mark. No. Yeah. 
I'm going to try. So yeah, sometimes you write a song and it's perfect in your head and it's perfect when you like first write it and then you come back to it a couple weeks later and you just like can't get it. And that's where I was. And you can hear Reed just like listening, like, oh my God, not, not judging, not saying anything bad, just like open and listening. And uh, at the end, you can hear him talking to our dog, Mavis. Apparently, like animals are a part of this show. So like word up to Molly the cat and Mavis the dog because you are involved here. Um, but let me bring Dr. Kane in because I want to talk to him about how he kind of came in at this point and really saved the day and we work together. Dr. Reed Kane, thanks for joining us in the studio. Hello. How smoky is it outside and how appropriate is it for this song? Uh, I guess it's appropriate, but um, the sun is red today. The smoke is really pretty nasty, but I only have the weekends to work, so I'll work outside when I can. So I want to ask you, was it was I that bad when you were playing? Like, do you remember me sounding that bad when I was learning the song? Um, I, I don't know. You know, you, every anytime you're kind of working stuff out, it kind of is terrible. It's brave <laughs> to record it. Uh, I have tons of demos from old stuff that I, it's just cringeworthy to hear it. But it's all it's all part of the process. So. It doesn't. It, I'm used to it, I guess. Because I don't remember sounding that bad, and then when I went back to listen, I was over. Hey, get out of there. I was overtaken with gratitude that you were so nice and didn't like just like tell me to shut up. Especially since in the beginning of that track, you talk about how it's ten o'clock and you go to bed at ten o'clock on weekdays. <laughs> uh huh. So you have some questions. Oh, I see. We know more banter. All right. Well, I do have a couple questions. One, Jimmy Rig. Uh, there's a part where I talk about scour the landscape for broken heart for ugh, scour the landscape for missing parts. You can't Jimmy rig my heart. Have I convinced you that Jimmy rig is really a word? Because that is a word that has been in my family. Like that's a word. Yeah, I think it's Jerry rigged. And I, but you know whatever. I I googled it. It works both ways. It's fine. Are you okay with that now? I know that was like. A uh, I'm not really okay with it. I think it's the wrong word, but that's okay. It still works. And other, I guess other people will think that's right. Um, I want to talk about a bit like a very subtle change that you helped with the song that I don't think anyone would really notice. But I, when I listened back to the earlier versions, I thought your change helped, and that was to change it from "If you dig really down deep, um, before the blitz in the World War Three, we could find some, uh, we could find some peace." To "If we dig down deep," and you had a thought about changing the song so it's about both parties in the relationship and not just like bagging on one person. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. I, well, I guess that happened. But any, anytime you add more story to the song, it's more better. So I don't know. Yeah, I liked that you like expanded it in that way. And it's just more, it seems more realistic because like in this concept, it's both parties that are like being nasty to each other. Sort of, and like that's. I also want to ask you about this mutually assured destruction. Like you grew up during the Cold War. What was that like when that? Was, oh wait, well, oh when I that, did well. I when guess that it was, was actually and that was actually like a term that was used. You know, like that was actually something that you guys learned about in school and were kind of living under. Yeah, in in elementary school, early elementary school, I guess we still did the uh, 
get under your desk, here comes the bomb thing, which is was in Carbondale, Colorado. Like, nobody's bombing Colorado. Like, there's nothing there. So it was weird, but they still did it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure other people have that experience. It was, it's, it's weird, but I guess that's what people did. I don't know how getting under your desk is going to save you from a nuclear explosion, but whatever. Did you like the idea of combining that, like, you know, uh, freezing in the fallout of your love and talking about radioactive half-lives and stuff like that and equating it to a relationship. Like, did you did you like how that came together? Mm-hmm. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Because I know when, when I told you the theme, you were kind of like, oh, cool, and then you helped me with the second verse and, like, making sure that we were using that imagery mm-hmm. of that but also, like, trying to be real to, like, a relationship. I don't, I don't really understand. Stand your question. Like, what attracted you to be to like collaborate? Because we don't really collaborate in this way very often, where we like write together. But I felt like we wrote together, or at least changed each other's words to find the best uh, verses that we could in this song. And I wonder if it was you were attracted to the theme or the imagery, or if it just seemed compelling to you. Well, in I some think way. I think you set the theme, and then I I played within it. I I don't know if I think we just both worked together on kind of the idea. I don't I don't know if I overthought it that much i just wonder why this song because there's a lot of songs we don't collaborate with in this way we both kind of do our own parts of it then come together and sew it together i i don't know it just worked yeah i I, the parts i remember is that you sang you came up with this melody and then i you were singing to that melody that i was playing on bass and that was weird so we discussed altering the melody so it's a counter melody to the bass melody yeah, because so. that's like the main thing that you helped with too is like I, for some reason, couldn't get out of my head and was singing it in a really like on the melody way and it sounded horrible. So the counter well, I don't melody... know if it sounded horrible. It sounded, <laughs> it sounded really simple. <laughs> whenever the song, whenever the vocals follow the music exactly, it gets monotonous. A little, it's boring. You may as well add that next level of hook or dimension to the song with a counter melody or not quite singing exactly to the melody of the music. How do you think the song changed when uh, I took that suggestion and sang it in the counter melody way? Uh, I think for the better, it made it a little more um, solemn. The song was kind of a little too happy sounding for a end of the world apocalypse song. So I think you flattened out your melody and let the other the song kind of work its own melody. And that I think that I think it worked really well. This was, I think it turned out really good. Yeah, I love that because I wouldn't have done that myself. And yeah, that's when, like, it's great to collaborate because I would not have done that. I would have just, like, been hammering it and, like, maybe even gave up on it. But once that I changed the off melody, it was perfect. Like, it made yeah. sense, so. Yeah, and then J- Gabe added a, a cool build with the drums uh, during the the chorus. Mm, yeah, I guess that's the chorus. So yeah, during yeah. the chorus, he added a, another dimension of build for it. And the song really builds throughout. It's cool. Yeah. I also want to ask you about the end of the song, like how you got the idea to do sort of like an explosion sound. I remember sitting there, like we were kind of going over it and I went from being really like, bummed out because I'm like, ah, oh, this song, I can't get it to like being really stoked and on the changes. And then when we, I remember when you talked about the ending, I was like, oh, I can't wait to play this live. Cause it's going to sound so fucking cool when it's live. Uh, I don't know. Just went with the theme. Everybody's kind of Can you describe in the, the ending? Bunker. Uh I just do play open distorted bass slam with a all the open I just it's open fret, it's just strum across and 
distorted bass explosion. I don't know. It is. Sister. I think it's, I mean, do you think it turned out good in the recording of it too? Because that was one of those things that was like a wild card. Like it would sound cool live, but we weren't sure if it would sound cool like in the studio. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was going to work fine. I think it worked good. I think it worked well. It have, was cool. Have you ever done that effect before? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. It's like I think of, when it, listening to the song, I thought it should end with everyone dying in a bomb. So yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's something that we would ever do again because you can't redo that trick over and over. Mm-hmm. But I like that it's like a really sad, like kind of pretty song, and then it ends like really like, bleh, like mm-hmm. dramatically. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Well, thank you for Im- your input. Uh huh. Is there anything you like to add? Did you talk about how I haven't heard this podcast in the beginning yet? Did you talk about how we fight when we write songs? Oh no, I, I wanted to talk about that too. That's kind of why I was asking why this song. Like, it, I felt like it really seamlessly somehow came together in ways that other songs didn't. Uh, I think because it's better when somebody has most of the bones together. That's how we can work together. But when we try to write together, we both have different styles. I have tendency to put a few key phrases into where I want them and then hammer the rest of it into the those phrases or choruses and you have a tendency to make every line perfect as you go so you start and stop a lot and I just keep trucking and hammer things in when I get ideas so I don't think it works so well together it's really challenging yeah but do you think on this album we've gotten better or like changed it a little bit Mm, I think we're equally as terrible at working together (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really changed my writing style and you haven't changed yours I guess I thought it was wishful thinking yeah I don't think we have ever written a song all the way through together um it, it's it's frustrating, you you know you 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 have your style and I have mine and they're not they don't get together they don't work. So. But I I mean, would you agree that when we do collaborate, the songs turn out better? Like there's a couple songs I think we on collaborate this record, on every song. But but the more we collaborate on, I think the better it sounds. And I think this album, like there's songs that we haven't released yet. Um, but there's a lot of songs like Threat Level Red and a couple songs where like maybe you wrote all the lyrics. And then I, you know, sang it differently than you would do it. Or like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so much more interesting that way. And then when you throw Gabe into it and he's like adding all these kind of like complicated and weird drumming patterns, it just, yeah, um, it goes beyond what you think it's going to be. In I think that's head. what makes this band more fun than the previous bands I've been playing in is the collaborative aspect of it. Whether it's the artwork, whether it's the direction of the, of the, you know, where we're playing show there. I mean, everybody kind of kicks in some and helps. Well, everybody, there's only three of us, but it, you know, before it was, I had a lot of, I would write the songs, record the songs, create the artwork. And it's just, I felt kind of alone and telling people what to do all the time. And this band, it's you and I kind of bouncing ideas off each other. And I think you get, the more people that you can get to work together without fighting, the better and more interesting product or imagery or songs you can you get out of people yeah it's hard to have a one-man show and really be creative when you don't bounce ideas off other people it's hard yeah well i think we don't fight as much about the stuff i think that's the difference we still collaborate in the same weird way it doesn't always work that well but we make it work somehow but we don't fight like in the beginning when we would write songs together i feel like we had more fighting Mm. i don't think we like fight we'll get like i think we found i think we found our the border of where we piss each other off. <laughs> Just like in a, so a war zone. Yeah. Just like in a war zone. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. Well, I promise not to bomb your territory if you promise <laughs> not to put your tanks in my territory. Okay, fair enough. Okay. There you have it, a uh, divisive and violent ending to a very unique love song. Again, check the show notes for information on how to help all of our friends in Southern California. Our hearts go out to you guys. Um, also want to make an announcement. We do not have any shows coming up, um, but we do have a, another Pacific Northwest tour coming up in late April. Um, if you're interested in learning more about that, go to www.haleyandthecrushers.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Haley and the Crushers and at Sparkle and Destroy Pod. My blog is www.isyourboyfriendintheband.com. I'm not sure why I keep saying www. It is not 1997. Um, and we are actually looking for an outlet to premiere a music video that we have recently done with a friend of ours jesse stanley productions and it is really funny and really cool and it's probably the highest level production we've done so if you have any thoughts on that if you can help us in any way uh if you have any suggestions uh you can email me at crushersfanclub at gmail.com and if you have uh, requests or letters or any sort of note you want to send to the podcast, you can email sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. All right, my friends, I will talk to you soon. Bye.